You are listening to the podcast of New Life Church in Wayland, Michigan. Our longing is to see zero people in our community living unchanged by Jesus. We are a church navigating the messiness of life together in community. One of our core convictions is that everyone is welcome, no one is perfect, and anything is possible. I hope you know there is a place in the family for you here. For more information on gathering times and location, check out our website. But for now, I hope God speaks powerfully to you through this word. Good morning. Uh, My name is Josh Anderson. I get to serve here as the youth pastor um, here at New Life. Um, And I'm so excited to be back up here um, this morning. I haven't taught in a while, so I'm excited to be back here. Um, But man, as I look around the room, I see a lot of new faces um, which is really, really awesome. Um, so if you are new with us for the first time today, maybe you've been coming for a little bit, um, we do have a new guest area in the back um, behind the barn door that says new guest. You won't miss it. Uh, it says new guest back there. We have people back there that would love just to kind of get to know you, get you connected here at New Life. So um, like I said, I'm the youth pastor here. So if you are new um, and you don't like the message today, come back next week. Our lead pastor will be back. Um, our lead pastor is actually down in Guatemala right now. Um, with uh, three other people from our church um, on a mission trip um, with a couple other churches. And so I just wanted to start my time today um, just, just praying for the people that are down in Guatemala um, from our church right now. Um, just lift them up to the Lord um, that they can just do amazing work and just learn something new and fresh down there. So will you pray with me? God, we just thank you um, just for what you allow us to do. And we just thank you for Brad and Brad and Sydney and Heather um, as they're down in Guatemala right now, as they're I'm um, just doing your work um, down in Guatemala, God, that you would just use them powerfully um, just to affect change down there, um, not for their own agendas, God, but um, affect change for you, you and your kingdom. And God, not only um, will they change um, the community down, down there, but God, we just pray that you would um, change them as well so when they get back here um, to, to Wayland, that they would um, be able to use what they learned there um, to affect change here in our community. God, we love you so much, and we're excited for what you have for us today. I pray all these things in your matchless name. Everybody said, amen. 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 Um, well, I remember uh, my first like month or so at Indiana Wesleyan University. I went to a small college down in Indiana, and uh, I got down to the school. I had been there a few times on some college visits. I went to, to camp there as a kid, and I got to school, and I, I wake up for the first day of school, and I'm in my, my dorm room. I walk downstairs, and I look outside, I'm like, every single building here looks exactly the same. <laughs> they're all brick, they're all brown, there's a billion sidewalks going every which way, I had no idea where in the world to go, because there was a million sidewalks, it looked like, like downtown, just roads everywhere, right, and I had no idea where I was supposed to go, um, but what was interesting, with all the sidewalks on the campus, right, there's sidewalks leading to every building, and there was a million ways to get everywhere, with all the sidewalks, there was one particular dorm room um, that you couldn't really get to the gym in a, in a very um, easy way. That You had to kind of go out of your way on the sidewalks in order to get to the gym. And so what would happen would, was that there was this path that was formed because, you know, people who go to the gym usually are lazy, and so they didn't want to walk <laughs> to the little triangle. They just took the shortcut across the grass. And so um, time after time, day after day, people would walk across the same part of the grass and what would happen to the grass is it would get matted down, it would form this little rut every single year, right? So then after the school year, the summer, the grass would start to grow a little bit. The next school year, day after day, person after person, this little rut was formed on the, the college campus. I mean, we do the same thing in our minds, don't we? We form ruts in our minds. 
Because day after day, we do the same thing. I think of maybe for you, 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 uh, you get up every morning, make yourself some coffee, get out of bed, get dressed, get in the car, and drive up 131 North um, to go to work. And then one day, your office gets switched, and you're supposed to go 131 South, but you don't even remember. So you just naturally, because your brain is like a rut, and you just keep going every single day, and you get on the highway, and you go 131 North, and you're like, dang it, I was supposed to go South, right? Because our brains form ruts. You didn't create a new rut to go south yet. Or maybe, maybe you're like me, and you took two years of Spanish in high school, and maybe you're also like me, and you remember about four words from that, and maybe you're also like me, and you only say two of those four words correctly, right? But they, they say that the, the way to learn a new language is by actually immersing yourself in it, right? The 20 minutes a day you spend at, at high school uh, learning how to speak Spanish is not enough to actually create new ruts in our mind to actually speak Spanish well. We have to immerse ourselves into some sort of community that speaks Spanish all the stinking time. Right, and research, research says that it takes about 66 days to form a new habit or a new rut in our minds. So 66 days it takes to actually... Um, change our patterns, change our thoughts, change our minds. Um, and so this morning I want to ask the question, where are your mental ruts leading you? Where are your mental ruts leading you? Maybe for you, um, your mental ruts are leading you to constantly check your bank account. Maybe from a young age you were told that, that money and finances are what lead to um, security, or what lead to success, or what lead to happiness, or what lead to joy. And so for you, every day you wake up, and the first thing you do is you pull out your iPhone, and you check, how much money do I have in my bank account? That is a mental rut that you have created. Or maybe for you, um, food is the place that you turn um, for joy, for happiness. You've created this mental rut in your mind that I need to just turn to food. Anytime I'm sad, I'm going to turn to food. I'm happy, I turn to food. I'm, I'm feeling down, I turn to food, right? And you create this mental rut inside your mind that I'm just going to turn to food anytime anything happens in my life. That's a mental rut. Or maybe for you, you find yourself uh, comparing yourself to everybody else. Maybe this started when you were a child and you had a, a siblings um, that, you, that you always just compared yourself to. Well, I'm not as good as this sibling, but man, at least I'm not as bad as this sibling. And you, you've compared yourself over and over and over throughout your entire life to where now you're an adult and you still compare yourself to everybody else. And that's a mental rut that we live and deal with. And so today, um, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8, uh, verses 5 and 6. Um, and here, uh, Paul, he writes to Christians around the Roman world. Um, and throughout his time writing to the, the Christians in Rome, um, he, he identifies two ruts, and he, and he talks about these two ruts all the time. So as I read this passage, um, see if you can identify what these two different ruts are for the Roman people. Romans 8, 5, and 6, it says this. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Catch it there? We have two ruts that we can live in. Paul writes about two different groups of people, two different um, ruts that people live in, right? The first, the first rut is the rut of the flesh, right? The first rut is the rut of the flesh. Um, and Paul himself actually talks about this um, in, in uh, chapter 7. So in Romans chapter 7, he writes about 
his own self and how he experiences this rut, this rut of the flesh and how he um, is naturally just gravitates towards the rut of the flesh. Right? I mean, maybe some of you have read uh, in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. Um, it's, it's very, actually very confusing. It says, um, it says this, I do not understand what I do. What I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Right? And there's this, this long, confusing thing, but the gist of it, the gist of it is that um, despite Paul's best intentions, he's, his, his own default will always come back to fruition. If he, if he tries and tries and tries his hardest, if he's left up to his own will, he's going to fall back to the ways of the flesh. And now before we continue any further, I just want to uh, um, acknowledge that the word flesh is kind of a, a pretty christian term, right? We speak Christianese. It's just kind of the language that Christians speak. And if you grew up in the church, you probably know a lot of the Christianese words, the hedge of protection, right? We probably know some of these Christianese words. So for those of you who may not have grown up in the church, um, when I say the word flesh, I'm not actually talking about like our actual skin here. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what we are actually talking about um, because all of us, whether you're a Christian here or not, you have, you've experienced the rut of the flesh. Because of the rut of the flesh, it looks like this. Um, it's when you see someone rejoicing and you see someone winning and you weep at their rejoicing. Or you see somebody who is weeping and you rejoice at their weeping because, man, at least I'm not hurting as bad as they are. Right? It's this never-ending comparison to other people. It's jealousy. It's where our minds go because the flesh is a rut. It's when you ruminate in bitterness and you tell the same story over and over and over about somebody else because you're just bitter towards this person. And this, this story may or may not even be true. You don't even know. But you don't care because you're bitter at this person. So you, you tell the same story over and over and you start to spread it to everybody else and tell this story to everybody else through gossip. Right? This is a rut because it's where our minds go because the flesh is a rut. Simply put, it's our default satisfaction in this life. It's our default satisfaction in this life. For some of us, um, our default satisfaction is sex or pornography. For others, it's food or it's, it's going to alcohol or going to drugs. Or for some of us, um, it's gambling. And we, we all have some sort of thing that we turn to. If we're, if we're left to our own default, we all have something that we turn to. And that is, these are the places where our minds go because the flesh is a rut. And so the, the Christians that Paul is writing to in, in Romans chapter 8, um, they were dominated by ruts as well. Like they, were, they were no different from you and I. They also had ruts that they dealt with, that they lived with. Um, they faced narratives, when they first started following Jesus, they, they faced narratives like Caesar is Lord. Right, time after time after time, they were told in, in Rome, Caesar is Lord, Caesar is Lord, Caesar is Lord. And these things were repeated in their minds over and over and over and over and over again. And so these mental ruts were created that Caesar is Lord. And then all of a sudden, they start following Jesus. Right? And they said, I praise the Lord for little Caesars. Right? And that's what they said. It was a joke. I like little Caesar. I know I get a lot of backlash. But, uh, but for real, they had these, these, I get booed. Did someone boo me? Oof, that's tough. All right. I'm done with jokes today. Um, but they, they really did. They had these, these mental ruts of, of Caesar is Lord instead of Jesus is Lord, right? They, they had the, these, these Christians that Paul is writing to, they had um, a mental rut of war is the way to peace, 
right? Over and over and over again in the Roman um, society, they would say that war is the way to peace. Man, we believe, um, because of our scripture, we believe that, that Jesus is the, the, way to, the only way to true and lasting peace, right? And so these Christians, they had to, they had to, to rewire their, their minds from the rut of war is the way to peace to Jesus is the only way to lasting peace. Um, these, these Roman Christians, they were um, told over and over and over again that, that there was multiple gods, right? And they, they worshiped multiple gods around these different festivals throughout the year. And so again, there's this mental rut because over and over and over and over again in their um, lifetime, they heard, you know, worship all the gods. And now all of a sudden they believe there was only one God and his name is Jesus. And so there's um, these mental ruts that they dealt with just like we deal with ruts today. Um, And Paul, um, in uh, Romans chapter 8, he addresses this, right? He addresses uh, these mental ruts, and and he talks about the the flesh, and the flesh leads to what? The flesh leads to death. Our our old ruts, our old ruts, the the ruts of flesh, they lead to death. And I don't even have to tell you guys, you know, you know this. You've experienced this in your own life. I promise you, you have that the ruts of the flesh lead to death. And, and not all the time does it lead to actually a physically death. Unfortunately, sometimes it does lead to an actual physical death of somebody. Um, but man, our, our old ruts, the ruts of the flesh, they lead to death of marriages. I'm sure you've seen that played out before. Our old ruts, they lead to death of our minds. Our old ruts, they lead to death of joy. They lead to death of peace. Because our old ruts, they just lead to death. Our, our old ruts, the ruts of the flesh, they lead, lead to death. But, but there is good news. Turn to your neighbor and say, there is good news. There is good news. There is also a new rut in Romans chapter 8 that Paul writes about. And this new rut that Paul writes about, and he, and he invites us to dig this new rut. Um, and he calls it... Um, Life in the spirit. And this rut leads to life and to peace. And so this, this new rut, the, the life in the spirit, Paul writes about this all the time in, in Scripture. So, I mean, you can't even turn one page without um, reading about this new rut, life in the spirit. Um, Paul writes about it all the stinking time. And um, one of the times he writes about it is actually in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. This might be a familiar verse for some of you. Um, But Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I just love how Paul kind of describes this um, here in Romans 12, and he, and he talks about it as a renewing of your mind. And when I think of renewing of your mind in my own life, um, I just think of back to a few months ago um, where I was really wrestling through um, just my own leadership, um, just in general here at the church and at home and, and all the things I do. Um, I mean, obviously, I told you guys I'm a youth pastor here, and so I, you know, lead our students in our student ministry and our adult leaders who serve in our student ministry, and, um, you know, I lead a small group from the church at our house every Wednesday night, and um, I'm a JV baseball coach, uh, 
and so I, I lead our student athletes at South Christian, and I lead our coaches um, as well. And I, my wife is gonna uh, give birth here in a couple months, and our family is growing, and, and so you know have a, a family to lead. Um, and so there's all these different things that I, I feel like I'm leading right now, um, and I, I recognized a few months ago um, that I was just leading out of my own power. I was leading out of my own. Um, Honestly, just my own selfish desire sometimes. I was leading out of my own strength, my own education. Right? I've, t- I've taken the, the leadership classes. I know what I'm doing. Um, I know how to lead. And what I, what I started to realize, um, what I started to realize was that I was. I was doing this. I was leading out of my own, my own ways. Um, but that the Lord was calling me to renew my mind and start to, to dig new ruts, ruts of, of truth from his word and to lead out of his power, out of, out of his Holy Spirit, and just follow what the Holy Spirit was doing. That's what the Lord was asking me to do. And so that was kind of my story of, of renewing my mind. Um, but man, the renewing our mind and, and digging a new rut of truth can look so different for so many people. Um, for some of us, it's just rejoicing with those who rejoice, right? We just talked about the, the rut of the flesh is rejoicing when people weep and weeping when people rejoice. Well, the rut of the Spirit is, is rejoicing with those who rejoice, and weeping with those who weep, right? It's learning to, to really love people for who they are, to, to see people um, without comparison, without um, comparison being our default, because this is the new rut of life in the Spirit, right? It's to pursue your spouse free from shame, knowing that you're hiding nothing from them, knowing that you're hiding nothing from yourself, and living a life of sexual wholeness, sexual integrity, and sexual freedom, right? This is the new rut of life in the spirit. It's having patience with your child as they make mistake after mistake after mistake and and just the willingness to sit with them in the midst of their sin, in the midst of their mistakes, and just represent Jesus to them as they're making mistakes, right? This is the new rut of life in the spirit. And who doesn't want this? At least in theory, you don't, even need, you don't even need to be a Christian to want this. Right? You, you don't need to be a, a Christian to, to want life governed by peace, um, a life free from anxiety, a life um, that, is, that is whole and abundant. And you, you don't even need to be a Christ follower to want that. Um, but the reality is, is that we are just not there yet. You're not there. I'm not there. We're just not there yet. Um, and what I want to suggest today is that the only way new ruts are formed is by repetition. The only way new ruts are formed is by repetition. Right, it's the same way that the old ruts are formed. The old ruts were formed, just like on my college campus, person after person, time after time, day after day, people walking on the grass, and a rut was formed. That's the only way we can form new ruts. And so when I think about this idea, I think no better example than, than how cows eat their food. Right, it's called rumination. Anyone ever heard of rumination before? kind of gross, and I'm going to be a little gross. So what happens is, is this process of rumination, what cows do is they, they, they eat some grass, right? so, they, so they bite some grass, they, it's called their cud, and they, they chew the grass, and they swallow it. <laughs> they throw it back up in their mouth, right? They chew it again. They swallow it. <laughs> they throw it back up. And they chew it again, and they swallow it, and they throw it back up, and they do this over and over and over again. Why do cows do this? 
because they want to get every ounce of nutrition that's in that grass to sustain them, to fulfill them. And in a similar way, man, we're supposed to ruminate on God's word. And maybe it doesn't look so gross. Um, but man, we're supposed to just ruminate on God's word and just over and over and over again repeat God's word and God's truth um, in our minds, in our hearts. Um, so we can squeeze every last ounce of truth out of God's word that we can. And so that at some point, we just start to, it's, it just starts to be who we are. We just live a life that is God's truth. All right, so going back um, to Romans chapter 8, uh, this was the, the passage that we were just in. Um, Paul um, does something kind of cool here. So the, the book of Romans, I got to ch- fact check myself. I didn't do this before. I think it's 16 chapters. Anybody know? I'm looking at you. Yes, it is. It is 16 chapters. So the book of Romans is 16 chapters long. And in the middle of his letter, right, there's, there's no, nothing um, super spiritual about how we, we separate the chapters of the Bible. But um, in the middle of his letter, so in, in chapter 8, um, Paul writes the name of the Holy Spirit 18 times in just, verse, or just chapter 8 alone. But in the rest of the, the 15 chapters, uh, Paul only mentions the name of the Holy Spirit 10 times. And so there's something that Paul wanted the Romans to get at here in, in chapter 8. Like he just uses repetition over and over and over again. 18 times he mentions the name of the Holy Spirit because Paul knew the power of repetition. And so he put Holy Spirit again and again and again in this letter. And man, Paul, Paul knew the power of repetition because Jesus knew the power of repetition. Right? Jesus used repetition in his life to create ruts of truth in his own life. Over and over and over again, Jesus was constantly speaking um, God's word. He was constantly preaching God's word. He was constantly reading God's word. He was constantly in prayer over and over and over again. Jesus was creating ruts of truth in his life. Um, before he left, Pastor Brad um, and I were kind of going over this message, and he, he left me with a quote here um, that I think really summarizes this um, really well. It's from Rich Velotis. He says, When Jesus was tempted, Scripture flowed from his lips. When Jesus was challenged, Scripture flowed from his lips. When Jesus was crucified, Scripture flowed from his lips. One of the ways to live like Jesus is to internalize Scripture so that when we are cut, it spills out. And what a powerful image that is of every time you know, Jesus was, had something happening in his life, the first thing that came off of his mouth was Scripture. Man, if, as Christians, we are called to, to become more and more like Jesus. And part of doing that, like, like Rich Lotus says, is, is just simply um, internalizing Scripture, memorizing Scripture, so that that is the first thing to come out of us at any point in our life. And one of the ways I've seen this lived out in my own life um, is back in high school, I used to struggle um, really badly with panic attacks. Uh, I, I really struggled with that throughout my life. Um, but in high school, I, it was one of the darkest seasons of my life. Um, there was a, a period of about three months where every single day I would have like, a panic attack where I felt like I couldn't breathe. Uh, I felt like you know, my heart was beating 1,000 miles an hour. Um, and it was constant. It was every day um, for two and a half or three months. Uh, I, I literally had a, a five-minute commute to school um, that I had to stop driving because I didn't know if I was going to have a panic attack on my five-minute drive to school. So my mom started driving me to school. Um, it, was, it was really, really bad. Um, I did all sorts of, of searching, and I would journal, 
kind of what was happening in my own life, like what, like what was happening around the time I was having these panic attacks. I, I went and saw counselors, and um, I, just, I just couldn't figure out, you know, what was causing these. And, and to be honest, um, sometimes we just don't know um, what's going on with the battles in our minds. I'm sure maybe some of you have been there, right? You, you felt like you don't know why is this happening in my mind. Right, so I, I began meeting um, with my youth pastor at the time. His name was Jonathan. Um, I, I met with him um, regularly. I met with him every two weeks. We would meet at Starbucks um, up in Kentwood, uh, and we would just talk about life. We'd talk about football. He was a Notre Dame fan. I was a Michigan fan, so I had the upper hand. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but we talked about football. We talked about baseball. I was starting to play baseball um, right around that time. Um, we talked about kind of what was going on under the surface of my life. But there was one meeting with Jonathan that I will never forget. One meeting with Jonathan that he kind of, he just met me where I was at. And he told me um, his uh, story about anxiety. And he had severe anxiety when he was in college. Um, and he told me about uh, these verses that he memorized um, while he was in college and dealing with anxiety. Um, and he would repeat these verses over and over and over again to himself. Um, while he was struggling with this. And the, the verses were Philippians 4, uh, 6 and 7. It says, uh, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so this kind of, this became the mantra for Jonathan's life. This became the thing that he was doing over and over and over again. He, he constantly was saying these words over and over again. I'll never forget him sharing with me uh, one chapel. You know, he went to a small Christian college out in Iowa, and in one chapel service they had while he was in college, um, something just clicked for him. Right? He, had, he had these words over and over and over again on his mind, and, and for some reason he was in a chapel and something just clicked. And, he, and he, at that moment he just knew that new ruts were created, ruts um, that were life in the spirit. They were created at that moment. And man, you better believe that I went home that night and I took out my Bible and I highlighted those, those verses in every color imaginable and I memorized those verses, right? And I started to, to replay those, those two verses over and over and over again in my mind. My mom made me a little note card that I put in my wallet so I could read it at any point. And I just memorized these two verses over and over and over again so I could claim God's truth about anxiety on my life. And for me, it wasn't like this, this light switch moment that Jonathan had. Because um, honestly, most of us don't have those light switch moments, right? But for me, there was this process, this process of digging new ruts of life in the spirit. Um, ruts that were based on God's truth and not my own flesh. And so, I don't know um, where you're at today. Uh, maybe you're ruminating in bitterness. Uh, maybe anxiety. Uh, maybe you're uh, a slave to your old ways, to your old patterns, to your old habits, addictions. Um, and maybe you're here and you feel like you, I don't need this message. I don't need to um, claim God's truth over anything in my life right now. But I promise you one day you're going to need this. Um, but today I want to close a little differently. Um, close a little bit different here today. Um, what I want to do today is kind of put this into practice. Uh, put into practice what we uh, have just talked about and how we can just ruminate and just repeat God's word over and over and over again. So I'm going to ask Marina to put our verses back on the screen there, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And what we're going to do here um, 
is I'm going to read uh, this, this passage three different times. Um, but each time before I, before I read it, I'm just going to give you a prompt, um, something just to kind of meditate on, something just to reflect on, um, and just give you about a minute of silence um, just to reflect on that prompt um, about this passage. So um, before we do that, um, can I just pray for us? Um, God, we just, again, just thank you uh, for who you are. We just thank you for, for being our God. We just thank you for your word and for your truth. And God, we just want to claim this truth over ourselves today. So God, as we, uh, as we just read your word and reflect on it over and over again um, here this morning, God, would you just speak to us in a new and a fresh way. We can leave here looking different. We can leave here um, with, your, with your word, with new ruts created, with life in the spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, um, so I'm going to read uh, this passage, but um, after I read this passage, I'm going to give you about 60 seconds. Uh, and what, what I want you to do with this first, this first time through is just, um, you, can, you can write down whatever you're feeling, or you can uh, maybe take notes on your phone, or, or you can just think it. Um, what I'll have you do is just really think through, um, and what does it feel like? What do these words in this text feel like? Like what emotions kind of bubble to the surface, surface when I read these words? Think about maybe what the Philippians would have felt when they first read this. Like, this is kind of a new idea to them. And what would they have felt when they read this for the first time? So I'm going to read this and give you about 60 seconds to reflect. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. next time through here, I'm going to read this again. Um, and this time, um, just, just pray that the Lord would give you maybe a word or a phrase from this passage that really just sticks out to you. I'm um, just, just ask that he would, um, yeah, just bring a word or a phrase to mind. Um, but don't just ask for a word or a phrase, but ask why. Why this word? Why this phrase? Um, so I'm going to read it again and give you, again, another 45 seconds or a minute to reflect on that. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.
And this last thing here, um, I'm going to, again, read it one more time. And this last time through, um, would you just pray, pray these verses over yourself? Um, whether you want to just literally just read these words off the screen, this, this be your prayer um, to the Lord, or maybe you want to put these words into your own uh, words. Um, so this last time through, I'll read it one more time, and then just give you the chance just to pray these words over yourself. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So to wrap up today, um, the reason we did this was just to show you on just, just one way um, how to just to ruminate on Scripture, how to have Scripture just be on repeat in your brain over and over and over again. You can do this on your own um, at your house. You can open up God's Word to a story or to, to some verses just like this and just ask these questions to yourself over and over again just to, just to repeat and ruminate on God's Word to create new ruts of truth. You can, um, you know, you can open God's word and read the same uh, verses, a, a bunch of different translations and just ruminate on what God's truth is about a certain situation. Or you can um, read God's word, the same passage in every single room of your house. And there's so many ways to do this, but the point is, is just to ruminate on God's word so that you can um, just have it in your brain over and over and over again to, to dig new ruts, to dig new ruts that lead to life in the spirit.